Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope, healing, and miracles. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Stephanie. I love summer mornings, and that's what we have today. We absolutely do. Those of you that are watching, Doug is clean shaven. This is Doug, my co-host. I said, where, where'd he go? I'm He's here. here today I'm with here. us. Just a minor change. <laughs> Looking fine. First of all, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors, The Mindful Lab with Christine Erickson, where you can find clarity, connection, and peace. Find her at themindfullab.net. She works really, really well with youth especially. She loves to work with young women. Also, the Sunshine Family Hemp, Nature's Side of Health. Find them at sunshinefamilyhemp.com. We use a lot of their products. We absolutely love them. Also, Abundance with Ellie featuring Young Living Oils. There is an oil for that. Find her at AbundanceByEllie at gmail.com. Also, we encourage you to check out our own Doug Crockett's YouTube channel, Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth. These are absolutely amazing stories. They're short stories. People's absolute miracle stories they're just ab- so fun and doug what are we at now are you close to 60 you're pretty close to 60 we're right? Middle, we're right in the middle of the 50s so yeah we're moving forward Thank so you. there and every one of them is fantastic so we encourage you to go listen to that on youtube or any of the social media miracles when heaven touches earth yes so we're very, very, very proud of Doug. And we've had a lot of those guests on our show too, as well. We, we love to share the stories back and forth. So our guest today, we're going to get right into our show, is an amazing man. He is definitely a relative of mine. Of course, you know, that's why it makes it amazing, you know. However, <laughs> we have got Dave Burton with us today. And we had his wife, Kendra Burton, on a while ago. And she was telling you about her art and the miracle with her art. And we've asked Dave to come on because they have had a handicapped child, still have a handicapped child that was born with a very severe handicap. And Dave's going to tell us a little bit about that. And I just really have felt strongly that we wanted to have him on tell the father's side of that story. We hear a lot about the mothers. We hear a lot about the siblings, but we very rarely hear about the father's side. And, and I know that Dave has got amazing, amazing stories, really, really great miracles, but also some very, very difficult times. And, and I ask him, we ask him on here specifically because from a father's perspective, you have so many, it's just totally different. It's, you can ask every every different person that's involved in any situation and their perspective is completely different. And we wanted to really, really resonate with the husbands out there and the men out there and the women that are parents also, because they need to remember the husband's perspective is different. The pressures and the, the things that are pulling on the father's than the husbands are just different. So Dave's got a long history, so you can go on and read his. We'd be here all day telling about all of his accolades and all the wonderful things that he's done and doing, but we'd really like to get to his story. So his story, and Dave, we're going to start with previous to Rachel's birth and just kind of the preparation. And and what I would have always wanted to ask you, because I know what Kendra thought, was when you guys were told, because you were she was pregnant with twins, twin girls, you had three other children at home. 
And then when you guys were told that she would, she had a handicap, she had a disability, there was something wrong in with her in the birth while she was in the, in uterus. Can you start right there and then we'll kind of move forward with the story. Well, I just wanted to say, uh, prior to her birth, um, you know, I had been building my career. We had three children. <clears throat> and I, in my mind, subconsciously, I was thinking, okay, we've things are going well. I just landed a job that I retired from. Uh, it was an IT director job. It, for me, it was a, a high point in my career. And so my mind, I'm thinking, okay, all we need to do is write this out. <laughs> just write it out just keep this going yeah and, <clears throat> and then uh a few months after i got that job uh kendra became pregnant and then along the way they were doing ultrasounds and they found out that she was expecting twins which was a surprise to us yeah and, <laughs> and then <clears throat> and then like a month or two after that, she went in for an, another scheduled ultrasound. And as the ultrasound operator was scanning her belly, the ultrasound operator said, so have you made funeral preparations? And that's how we found out that something was wrong. And, and then um, Kendra expressed, shock and then the ultrasound operator says oh let's see let me go get the doctor uh, yeah and explain and what the ultrasound operator was seeing was that when when there's tissue you see whiteness when there's not tissue you see darkness and so as the ultrasound operator was scanning the the heads of the two uh, babies one had a lot of whiteness, meaning there was brain tissue. The other one had 80% darkness in, in the skull. And so what it was caused by was an illness called hydrocephalus, or commonly called water in the brain. Right, right. And then at that point, they told Kendra that she had to stay in bed, which she did for, I think it was four months from that point to... Uh, not cause additional problems and issues. And of course, there were discussions about uh, people were saying, you know, should you have an abortion? Well, if we had done that, the healthy twin would probably not survive either. And uh, you know, depending on when it occurred. And so there, there were a lot of questions that we were asking ourselves. And um, Kendra had nine months, or excuse me, four months, just thinking about this day in and day out. Uh, Kendra is an excellent artist and musician, and she later composed music about this period of her life, 10 songs called Expression of Healing, and it's on her website, KendraBurton.com. And um, this describes the feelings and emotions she felt through that time. Then uh, when the twins were born. <clears throat> hey, before we were you go to that point, 
what was your feeling? What did you go through? Because I know it was so hard for Kendra being down, but you've got three other little children. Right. And you've got a brand new job and you've got a wife that can't function. Really, she's on complete bed rest. What were you going through? Well, as you said, it was a brand new job for me. And so I was at that point where I was proving myself as a new employee. And so there wasn't any room for me to to really not be on top of my game. Right. The pressure. And, yeah. And so I was getting pressure from a new job just that you don't normally get. And I was getting pressure at home. And so um, that, that was a difficult time. Uh, then when the, when the twins were born, um, I'm going to come back to that in a second, but we, I, that those were the pager days when you, you didn't have cell phones, you had pagers. Yeah. Right. And Kendra and I had a code worked out. She would dial 911, which meant that she had to call the paramedics to come and resuscitate Rachel and take her to uh, the hospital. And she, that meant she was on her way with the other twin in the car driving to the hospital. Yeah. And, and I was to meet her at the hospital. So 911 meant really 911. We have a problem here. Right. Wow. Wow. So then I would. I would try to get myself excused from whatever meeting I was in and jump in the car and run up to the hospital and meet her in the emergency room. So going back to, to her, her birth, um, so we were told that if she was born alive, that she would be a vegetable, but a horrible term. And so we're in the delivery room and they delivered the first twin who was delivered cesarean and was okay. And then they quickly delivered the second twin and took her out of the room. So we didn't know what kind of condition she was in. Mm. And so as um, after about an hour, the one of the delivery room nursery nurses came and said, well, do you want to see your other child? And yeah. I'll, I'll admit I was I wasn't sure what I was going to see or what to expect, but, you know, we were told that she probably wouldn't be born alive. So I go in there fully expecting that this was the end. And I had a habit of making a little whistling sound when I meet newborns, you know, I was a <laughs> and just to get their attention. And I did that. And she immediately opened her eyes which meant she could hear. Yeah. And then she turned her head in my direction and oh. looked at me. I love it. Which meant she could make direction out and she could see me. Yep. And then my hand was near her face and she reached up and wrapped her fingers around my little finger and held on tight. And I immediately knew through the, those small gestures that no, this this child is not going to be a vegetable. This is a person, and and I felt she's hanging on to my finger to say, "Dad, save me." Mm. I love that. That and feels so, good. Thank you. So I I 
But Kendra was still in, in the delivery room thinking, okay, she's going to die soon. So right. I had to break the news to her. <laughs> wow. And, and that, that, that may not, that may sound like I'm breaking good news, but when you're, you she spent four months in bed being told that she would probably not be born alive or be a vegetable. That's a real mental shift. Yeah. You don't know how, how do you even comprehend that, especially without being able to see her. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you're special, right. and she was still right. dealing with just having delivered a baby. So her, she's not two be, babies, C-section. Two babies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway. So I, I told her, but um, anyway, so that's, that's how we started off. And so she spent, of, of her first year of life, she spent six months in and out of the hospital. And uh, they, they taught us how to feed her through a tube to her nose because she couldn't swallow. And so we had to learn that. And that's risky because if you insert the NG tube through the nose and it goes in the lung, you can drown her. And, and kill her. And so you have to learn all these things. And I felt like we had an um, emergency room in our house because they had heart, heart and respiration monitors on her. And so in the middle of the night, she stopped breathing, this alarm would go off and just wake us up. And immediately we had to do CPR. Oh, man. So and I'm going to insert here too, because you have another twin. You have Sarah there too, and she's yes. got to take care, have care. She's a brand new baby, as well as three other children. So I mean, it's just you're dealing with, yeah. It, it's it was so much with Rachel, but you're the father of all these children too, and a, a wife that's having to recover from C-section. Well, and, and uh, is it RSV? Is that the the lung problem? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so Sarah developed that. Oh, gee. And the other twin, and there were so many children with RSV in the hospital that they actually had to put Sarah in the hallway of the hospital. Oh. And they said, but it will be okay because there's a child that's gonna die today and then your daughter can have that room. And- Oh, wow. It's a weird so, way to handle news, yeah. So anyway, we were dealing with that and we had to put a heart respiration monitor on Sarah as well. So you have two newborns with heart respiration monitors and to be awakened in the middle of the night by this horn and immediately you have to administer CPR and figure out what's going on. Yes. So anyway, after about that first month of that, um, she came home and our schedule was that um, I would get up at seven o'clock in the morning. I'd go to work and be there by eight. And Kendra would watch the twins and our other three children through the day. And then when I got home from work uh, at five o'clock, I would immediately go to bed and go to sleep. And then I would sleep until 1 a.m. And Kendra would wake me up at 1 a.m. in the morning. Then she would go to sleep. And then it was my shift to, to stay up from one to, to seven when I would get ready to go to work. Wow. And part of that was we had to give round the clock medications. And, and when Rachel would use the bathroom in her diaper, we had to weigh the diaper to make sure that she was 
mm -hmm. processing fluids and liquids. And we had to keep a, uh, a list and note the time and the weight and all of that sort of thing. So that was how we spent the first year on that schedule. And so I would go to work, you know, be there at eight, having been up since 1 a.m. and push through the day. And so that's why when I got home at five, I'd immediately go to sleep. But so part of the problem was that uh, Rachel was having seizures, but we didn't know it was that. She would stop breathing, her eyes would roll back in her ha head, and um, we didn't know what was going on. And that's when Kendra would do not call 911 and, and we'd go through that. Uh, finally, there had a home health care nurse that uh, happened to be there when she had a seizure and said, oh, she's having a seizure and called it out. And we'd never heard that before. Then all of a sudden they said, well, we've got to give her medications. And so they started giving her anti-seizure medications, which helped. Okay. Um, but um, just as an example, some medical professionals can contradict each other because <laughs> on that occurrence, the uh, her pediatrician said, oh, she's not going to make it to the hospital. So you need to sign this no resuscitate order and pressure Kendra to do that. And, and um, so anyway, she, she did under his advice. And then later that night, you know, they finally figured out she's having seizures. They gave her anesthesia medication and she's doing quite well. And her neurologist uh, just got mad at us, chewed us out because Kendra had signed that and said, what's wrong with you people? Mm. This, oh my gosh, the pressure of that. This yeah, is within, called out by others. Yeah. This is within 24 hours. So anyway, that's how the ball got rolling. So I, I don't want to belabor that. Um, after they gave her seizure medication, she stabilized. And so the um, trips to the ER room dropped dramatically. Um, anyway, so, but here's a picture of her in the NICU. Intensive care unit. Those of you that are on the radio, we he's holding up a picture of, of Rachel in the intensive care unit. So you can catch us later on Facebook on the Vitality Health Show. You can see the pictures. Yeah. I mean, what a setup. So tiny. Lots of equipment. <clears throat> yeah, she's just this little tiny person right here surrounded by massive amounts of equipment. Yep. Wow. Monitors, IVs, everything. It really is a miracle that they can do all that. It really is. It is. Incredible. And, and so, um, this, so that, that's how we got the ball rolling. But for nine years, you know, I was asking myself, not why me, but why her? Here's this little innocent gal. Why, why did her life begin that way? And I kept asking my, that question myself that question again and again and again through that nine years and um, we we would go up to the legislature and advocate for services for people with disabilities and I was in the um, I met one legislator in the elevator I was trying to talk to him and explain and I said you know with today's 
medical miracles, um, medically fragile chi children, they don't necessarily recover. And so the, the bills are quite expensive. And, and, but the, they need that help to stay alive. And he said, why don't we let them die? So, so he says that to my face. Oh, crash comment. I could see him thinking that or saying it another setting, but he said directly to me. And, but he represented <clears throat> people's attitudes, a lot of people's attitudes about those who are disabled and handicapped. And um, unfortunately, I, I think that's, as I will explain here in a minute, that is very unfortunate. And, and that's, but that's how I think some people view many of the disabled people, including Down syndrome. Mm. So <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, but sometimes jump to the quickness of what about convenience for everyone else? And that's yes, unfortunate. Yeah, because what about the emotional, the parents that love their children? It's like, wait a minute, don't just throw them out. So now I'm gonna now I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna tell what a miracle she was for her family, and um, it taught her family compassion. And we weren't necessarily bad or selfish people prior to that, but the level of our understanding of what other people go through and the help they need was quite shallow, actually. Mm. And <clears throat> um, we have, we're all better people because of it. And I'll just give you one example. Our son, he was um, on the wrestling team. And the wrestling team had a mascot or a manager. Um, and he, he had severe cerebral palsy. And he could only control one finger. He couldn't talk. But he, with that one finger, he could push buttons on a keyboard and, and communicate. Well, <clears throat> Uh, we lived close to the high school, and our, our one day our son came home for lunch with a friend, and and my wife says, "Well, why don't you come home every day for lunch? That'd be great." And our son's friend said, "Oh, you don't understand, do you?" And she says, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, Steve feeds the cerebral handicap manager every day because he couldn't feed himself. Some had to take a spoon." or fork and feed him bite by bite. Really? And, and that, that's the first time we heard about that. But, you know, my son's accomplished many things. He's two-time state wrestling champ and he's an attorney. But of all the things he's, he's, that I'm proud of him for, it's that, that he learned compassion for other people and he cared for other people and would help other people. But um, I love that. And I want to agree with you. Sometimes these situations that we're in, these trials that we would call them, they're really to help everyone else. We're trying, we have to learn something that you can't get out of textbooks. You just have to kind of learn it on the fly of how to have compassion and the love for our fellow man, to our families. They come one way through experience. And, uh, and your daughter was the blessing to all of your family and everyone else involved. Well, initially, I think you think you're helping the handicapped child. Right. But over time, there's a transformation that happens in your mind 
and all of a sudden you realize the handicapped child is teaching you. Yep. Exactly right. Great lessons. Mm-hmm. And that you can learn no other way. And I call it giving the x-ray vision. You know, you, yeah. when you've had experiences like that, you can see things about other people and their lives and what they're going through that you would never pick up on otherwise. Yeah. David, I want to touch on something right here too, because I know, and I keep coming back to the family because it was very much about Rachel, but you had four other children at home too. And I know that they were all assigned different things to help with. And, and I just think of, of children, parents out there that are dealing with children that don't even have any clue <laughs> what it is that you're talking about. I have to pick up what I have to help with what, and I know that all of your kids took turns and went through rotations or were assigned certain things because it was a whole family process two baby twins that needed to be taken care of and and your kids were a little bit older not a lot older but a little bit older and they were all you as a father i just can't even imagine what that would be like trying to make sure that financially everything's taken care of physically everything's taken care of spiritually emotionally you know mom does a lot but dad does a ton too and a lot of pressures on you so can you talk for just a second about your your kids and what that looked like from your perspective as the father because i mean really you've got that pressure on your shoulders this is what you have to do you know so if you can just kind of touch with touch base with us on that for just a second well the the biggest challenge for me was as as i said you know in the first three years having been up since 1 a.m and go to, to work and and push through the day and uh, be attentive and responsive. And <laughs> uh, that, that, that was a big challenge. But as a family, when, when you experience something like this, I, I compare it to like you're in, the, in a boat in a lake and the boat capsizes. Well, all of a sudden, everybody's dog paddling trying to keep their head above water everybody in that boat and and so sometimes yeah sometimes you get focused on what your personal problems are and what you're doing to stay functional and you're not as aware of what everybody else is going through and so the healthy children can sometimes um not you're not as aware of what their needs are and so one of the counselors came and said um, told our our daughter Linda, who was five at the time, "Hey, if you ever need your mommy's attention, just draw a little flower on a piece of paper and show it to her." And because she had had a hard time expressing her needs as a five-year-old, but she understood that. Yeah. And so that's what she would do. She'd draw a little flower on a little piece of paper and and show it to Kendra, and then we knew, okay. This kid, we've got to refocus here. Yeah. Um, oh, I couldn't even imagine. It just takes such focus on trying to keep Rachel alive and keep things functioning. So I want you. I want to come back with that. Let's start with that on at the end of the break when we come back from the break because we got. I don't want to get too deep into it because I want to hear the rest of that. Yeah. Because I've always I've always wondered what your perspective of that was. 
because I know what Kendra's is and seeing that, but I want to know, I really want to know what your perspective is as the father. So we're going to go our, to our break here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. You guys stay tuned. This has been an, an, an enlightening conversation with Dave Burton, and we're getting into a whole bunch more of what they're doing now and going through Rachel's death and the different things that have happened since then. So stay tuned with us. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hello, friend. My name is Ellie Meadows, and this message is for you. If you are looking for more abundance in your life, in your health, your finances, your love life, your joy, then I invite you to connect with me alongside Jack Canfield, America's number one success coach, where we will work together to co-create the abundant life that you deserve. I'm accepting new partnerships through the end of this month. Please visit my website, AbundanceWithElly.com, to learn more. Wishing you a blessed and abundant day. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Isn't it interesting how we can be physically disconnected from others and yet be personally affected by the change and confusion of the world around us? We want moments of clarity and peace, and we need to feel connected to others in positive ways. A mindfulness practice can help decrease stress, increase feelings of well-being, and help us be more connected to those around us. To find out how mindfulness can do all this, go to mindfullab.net. You'll find tools and resources to start your mindfulness journey today at mindfullab.net. If you're looking for the highest quality CBD products on the market, visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Sunshine Family Hemp is a family-owned business located in the mountains of northern Utah. Our full-spectrum oral and topical products contain no artificial ingredients and are third-party tested by a DEA-certified lab. Online ordering is easy, and we ship nationwide. Sunshine Family Hemp has been in business since 2019 and is legally certified at both the state and federal level. Visit sunshinefamilyhemp.com today. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We are having a very amazing conversation with the incredible Dave Burton. And Doug and I were just talking in the break. We're just going to talk a little bit more about his children and what they were doing, what he was doing in this time. And then we're going to turn it over to Doug because most of you know and have heard that Doug lost a child as well. And we were just in the break talking about the father's perspective and how incredibly important this is that we have two fathers on this show with us right now that have lost 
handicapped children. So Dave, if you'll finish your, your comments that we were just talking about, and then Doug, I'm gonna turn it over to you for a second. Okay. So as I, as I said, um, for nine years, I was asking my question, why her? Right. And, and, and society views often disabled people as, um, you know, scripturally it talks about why was this man born blind? Did he or his parents sin that he was born blind? Well, what I came to know is that it was just the opposite of that. And um, she died on a 1 a.m. on a Wednesday, and then her funeral was that sat Saturday morning. And so you're engaged in all these preparations uh, on obituary, choosing a casket, choosing what she'll be buried in, uh, putting a program together, what's that program to be? So we didn't have any time to really think. And then it's Saturday morning, the day of the funeral. And uh, I woke up at five in the morning and I really wanted to be asleep, frankly. Yeah. And so I didn't have to think about what was going on. And true. And, uh, but anyway, I couldn't, I was wide awake. And I thought, well, I guess as long as I'm awake, I better write down what I'm gonna say in a couple hours. <laughs> so I started writing and I wrote nine pages nonstop. Oh. And I went, when I got through with it, I was, I moved one paragraph. That was it. It was done. And basically what it was a download to me mm -hmm. an answer to that question that I've been asking for nine years, why? And so in a nutshell, what came to me and what I spoke about in her eulogy at her funeral was that and this just me doesn't have to be anybody else's experience that she in pre-earth life had advanced to an advanced level and she was an advanced person and she was given a choice to choose um, that handicap and it was to benefit of teaching everyone else that she encountered and there were Oh gosh, over 300 people at her funeral. And I asked the question, I, I said, um, I'd like to ask for a raise of hands of everybody here who had been taught something by Rachel to be a better person, a kinder person, be more understanding, help people. And virtually all 300 people raised right. their hands. And so I said, isn't it amazing that one little handicapped girl who never walked or talked or spoke, um, couldn't feed herself, taught this many people this great lesson. And <clears throat> so that was the purpose of her life. That, that's what the challenge she accepted. She wasn't a victim. She wasn't tricked. It wasn't a mistake. Her life had great meaning and purpose for all of us, mostly people close to her, but all those people who raised their hand and many more that weren't able to be there. Mm -hmm. So, Dave, do you have that picture of her right there that you can hold up? He's got a couple adorable pictures. She, you know, for a child that wasn't even supposed to live past birth, she has just always had a smile on her face, always. 
and was so happy, you know, and she was just so beautiful. She she had that amazing smile and it just wins people, win people's hearts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. She's just, she's, she was always just so tender. And, And the thing that I was always so impressed with was how much her siblings gathered around her and just loved her and did what they needed to, to take care of her and was always somebody doting on her, you know, and not only her her siblings, her cousins, everybody that was involved in, in, and we have a very, very large family. And there was always, it was almost like waiting to take your turn to be with her because she (laughs) had such an incredible spirit and you just wanted to be around her smile. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, well, uh, after the funeral, I, I walked out of the building. I'm standing uh, outside on the grass, and the neighbor walked up to me and said, "Oh, Dave, you must be so relieved." Hmm, that's an odd way to say it. Well, because from again many people's perspective, uh, the handicapped are thought of as a burden or a problem, and. Um, what I said to her to try to help her understand, I said, well, what I've learned from Rachel is those you uh, serve the most, you love the most. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to, to uh, work through her, her death, her passing. Um, immense feelings of loss it, it wasn't wasn't relief at all it was loss uh, think of one of the most influential people in your entire life and they're gone that that's what I felt I didn't feel like I was losing a burden at all and about a year um, after Rachel's uh, passing you know they how they have those little cameras that they're made out of plastic and and when you wanted the film developed in them you have to turn in the camera and then they yeah. open it and develop a film. Yeah. Well, Kendra came across one of those about a year after Rachel died, and she um, turned it in to have it developed. And during this time, she was feeling very sad about Rachel being gone and losing Rachel. Yeah, was having a real hard time. Well, when she got to uh, went to pick up the developed film, she's looking through the pictures, and this picture popped up. <laughs> so he's holding up a picture with Rachel and her incredible smile. With is it blue all around her mouth? <laughs> lots of different color paints, or makeup, <laughs> lots of different makeup, perhaps. This big, <laughs> incredible smile. So what had happened? Well, Kendra had forgotten about this experience. What the experience was is Rachel had got a hold of a magic marker, and she was just chewing on this magic marker. So it's getting all over her mouth and all over her face. And, and, and when Kendra first saw it, she goes, ah! And, yeah. and at first it scared Rachel, and then Kendra started laughing, so Rachel started laughing. <laughs> I love it. So here's Kendra, a year after her passing, sees this picture. Wow. And it was, a, it was a gift from heaven because yep. what it said was, Mom, I'm okay. I'm happy. 
I'm, I'm good. Oh, yeah. awesome. don't, don't worry about me. I love it. And so Kendra was simultaneously crying and laughing. And, and um, yeah. But it was one of those uh, tender mercies from heaven, a message from the other yeah. side. Absolutely. I agree. That's awesome. Absolutely. So yeah. Doug, I know that you, you lost your daughter as well. And you and Dave, that's how kind of how you met and yeah. you guys can both relate to, to this crazy story and the, the impact that mm -hmm. your daughters both had on everybody around it, around them. Absolutely. Yeah. I met Dave. Oh, almost two years now, year and a half, two years ago. And uh, we just started talking and we realized we had a lot in common because we both had daughters that passed away from terminal illnesses. And we started to discuss our experiences like he's talking about on the radio now. And I appreciate that. So we now have a kind of a kindred spirit between Dave and I in a lot of ways because I understand his situation. Yeah, when you have a child that has something where they need constant care and yet you still have all the other responsibilities that you're involved with. And for you, you had four other, other children in your home that needed help too, that were still being raised. And then your wife who is overcoming or healing up from, from the delivery and the C-sections, that's a lot on our shoulders that we, we kind of don't even realize while we're going through it because your only option is just to go through it. And so you just kind of keep going day after day. And then later you have time to reflect on it. And I agree with you, Dave. Here's one thought that I, I had. I, I, I tend to think of things spiritually the way you do as well, that there's purpose behind all of this. We kind of knew uh, in the pre-earth life before we came here what to kind of expect, who's going to do what, and how this is going to work itself out. And the thought that I had was, I wonder if perhaps in the pre-earth realms, as we discussed the, the coming up lives we're all going to have, my daughter, my daughter's name is Brittany, she maybe said, okay, she's going to have this illness. Who wants to have the illness? Who wants to be the caretakers of those who have this illness? Who wants to do what? And I think Brittany probably said something to the effect of, I'll take on the illness. And then my thought is, well, if it saves Doug, then I'll do it. I'll go through whatever that difficulty is to save, to save Doug. And I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but there's some truth there. It's to save, it's to help better words. It's to help and elevate all of us. Uh, and I, <clears throat> I, I just came to understand in that nine-page download that, that she wasn't right. forced. She wasn't forced to do that. She bravely, courageously volunteered to take on that role. Yes. And, and it's significant to, I think, for people to understand that, that, that they should be honored mm -hmm. where and grateful to have them in their lives. I just want to throw out one statistic. In um, Iceland has virtually zero um, Down syndrome kids. And that's because they do a test before they're born. And if they have, it's genetically determined that they have Down syndrome, then they abort them as a matter of practice. Oh. Hmm. And, and I'm, um, I'm concerned that, 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 they're viewed that way. I have serious concerns that they're viewed that way because my own personal experience was that Rachel was a, a great blessing in our lives and of many, many people. And um, I've wanted to tell her story and other stories so people understand that, um, that they can get a different perspective that um, 
that can be a blessing in your life. Yes. A perfect segue for you to tell us what you're doing right now, because both Doug and I are very, very grateful for what you're working on right now. So let's move forward and tell us what projects you do have going at projects. (laughs) You've all got a whole bunch of things going on. So I'm, uh, I thought, well, how do I get this message out that I just expressed to you? And I'm putting together a documentary with the help of some other people and uh, an organization called Get Real. And we've done 20 videotaped interviews of families who have or had severely handicapped children and what it meant to them in their lives and the uh, positive influence it had. And there's no question that it's hard. I'm not saying that that there aren't challenges with it but I don't think people hear often enough or even hear at all the other side of the equation, which is that they can be a great blessing to your family and they will teach you a lot. Yes, you will serve them, but they will teach you greater lessons than you can get any other way. So um, I, I was, uh, we went through the Make-A-Wish program. And so they they would have get-togethers. And this one get-together, I was talking to another father. So you're asking about father's perspective, Stephanie. And he said that he was was struggling. He felt bad for his handicapped daughter. And as he was having this thought, he would have to be walking out of church at that moment. And as he stepped outside, he got what he called in his words, a vision. And he had sprinted in high school. He was a fast runner. And he said that in this vision, he called it, he saw himself running as fast as he possibly could. And then he realized there was somebody behind him that was running and chasing him. And so he ran harder. So they they couldn't pass him, which is what you do in track. But then the person kept gaining on him. And then all of a sudden, this person that was running behind him passed him like a gunshot. And he realized it was his handicapped daughter. And and what he realized from that experience was that she was much faster than he was, more capable than he was. Mm And, and advanced, and that's why she just shot by him, and that uh, she was happy, and and glorified, and so, I that's how I do my daughter. You know, when I get on the other side, she's going to be at the head of the table, and yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. I I yeah. hope I made a good friends, <laughs> so she'll yeah. she'll put in a good word for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree that's that's a great way to put it <laughs> yeah. so i uh i can't emphasize enough what a blessing she was to me personally and to our family and those that, that uh, met her i'm going to tell you one funny story so uh back when they let you go to the gate at the at the airport you had to go through the walk through the little arch thing and the buzzer and all of that well, she was in a wheelchair, 
<clears throat> and so that wasn't going to work for her. So they had us go through and then pulled her off to the side. And then the TSA agent got a hand wand oh. and was, you know, checking that she didn't have any hand grenades, you know, in her diaper, right? So <laughs> right. anyway, anyway <laughs> so as she's waving this wand in front of Rachel, um, Rachel had a habit that if you put something in front of her, she could shoot her hand out like a rocket and snatch onto it and <laughs> hang, hang on tight. Yeah. <clears throat> so she does that, grabs this wand, this security wand, and isn't, isn't let go. And the lady has to wrestle it from her and she kind of looks at us like, why didn't you tell her to stop that? Well, <laughs> Rachel was obviously handicapped. I mean, right. so I, I'm starting to smile at the irony of this situation. And so she gets it loose and she starts her routine again. She starts waving the wand in front of her and around her. <laughs> Rachel boom, grabs, grabs the hand. <laughs> Even tighter. Yeah. <laughs> it's now so, a game. <laughs> so, yeah. The security agent again wrestles away from her and says, Tell her to stop doing that. And it was obviously she couldn't comprehend what anything I said or did. Right. And so I just shake my head. So what do you think the TSA agent did then? A third time. Third time. Third time. <laughs> Same thing. Boom. <laughs> wrestle jerks in the way and says, I can't work under these conditions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, she stomps off. And so we're standing there. What would you what do we do now? You know? Yeah. And after about a minute or two, this guy walks up and he's got his TSA badge and he had a manager tag on his, <laughs> his pocket. And he walks up, he, he looks at Rachel, looks at us, looks at Rachel. And he goes, oh, go, go through, you know, <laughs> he, 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 he grasped it, you know. The, yeah, the, yeah. And, I, <laughs> oh and, my I, and I, I started wondering, now who's handicapped, my daughter or this lady TSA agent who right. keeps putting the wand in front of her? Yeah, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> who's got the disability here? And gratefully, that manager had, if you will, eyes to see yeah right and can see a situation goes oh, okay no go ahead at <laughs> a, a, a glance yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so but uh beautiful, beautiful. that's a good statement yeah some people just don't understand or we don't know what they're going through either and the lady was frustrated and that's too bad that she got all upset by it when she didn't need to but uh yeah one of the many many experiences of how do we change this people we go out differently than we came in. Yeah. And, and another funny experience was um, our, we would go to the, the reflections contest thing with the school, you know, where you'd enter art or some music or something to get judged. And, and uh, Rachel's twin sister, Sarah, had, was going to get a, an award. And so I got on the front row of the school auditorium and there were hundreds of people there normally we would sit at the back but i wanted a good camera angle so i could film uh, the twin daughters getting this award so as i'm waiting there i'm focusing on, on the moment to make sure i don't um, miss it all of a sudden i get hit in the head with a shirt and it's rachel 
<laughs> Rachel had torn her, taken her shirt off and she was flapping it around in the air. <laughs> and again, we're on the front row. <laughs> and, and so I'm thinking there, let's see, I've been through this before. If I try to get it on her, she's going to fight me and, and right. push back. <laughs> so here's, here I'm going to be in front of all these people trying to force this shirt back on her. She's fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, well, let's see. Um, what am I going to do here? Because I don't want to miss the moment. So there's the lady. She says, look, I'll, I'll take your camera and I'll film your daughter. So anyway, I swing Rachel out and I go up to the aisle, clear to the outside in the hallway, wrestler, get her shirt back on, tuck it in tight so she can't get it out, and then came back in. And I happened to get in just in time to, to videotape Sarah going across the stage. But anyway, those are just... Yep. those are the experiences and they are what they are and you can either be frustrated or just laugh at the circumstances yeah, that's right well they're maybe frustrating at the time but when you look back at them now uh your heart swells with the what a wonderful experience that was and how heartwarming the experience was yes and what keeps coming to my mind is you were told she'd be a complete vegetable. She yes. would never do anything. Right. So for her to do that, and she knows what she was doing, and she had oh, the yeah. personality. I mean, she's whacking you with her shirt. She knew exactly what she was doing, and maybe that was her way of expressing she was excited for Sarah. Who knows? You yeah. know, but, but she she was told you guys were told she wouldn't be able to do anything, and those right. little those little mo moments are just absolutely incredible yeah. that you get to have those memories because it very well could have been her trying to communicate yeah. my sister's coming up there you know <laughs> let me smack you with my shirt <laughs> heartwarming and life-changing i love it I love or, it. or she's sitting there bored stiff like little kids do saying, yeah that's on, true let's... okay yeah. that's it there's that too <laughs> yeah i want to do something yeah so dave we only have a few more minutes i'd like you to tell us a little bit of more about the foundation if anybody are you asking for donations would that help what what can our listeners do to help forward this it's going to be amazing i was just at their house a few days ago and they were working on it and the stories are are so heartwarming so could you just kind of let us know if there's anything we can do and if they can how can they get hold of you what's the best way to do that well everybody's uh, volunteering on this project at this point but it's moving to the editing stage of the document documentary which takes a vast amount of time and so at this point receiving sponsorships would help greatly to be able to uh, fund the editing stage of this yeah. and so we were able to capture as i said 20 plus interviews with excellent information that of people who are grateful for the experiences that they've had and uh, want to be advocates for the disabled and be a so voice. So give, give us a contact real quick. We're out of time. Um, is it through Kendra's website that you'd like that, them to reach you? Go ahead and get work. that again real quick. Okay. It's www.kendraburton at kendraburton.com. And if you go there, there's a contact button and then you can get a message to us. Perfect. So um, thank you, Dave, so much. I, I love hearing your perspective. You're one of my favorite people in the world. And I so much appreciate that. Doug, 
You're looking good, buddy. Uh -huh. shaven. Anyway, shaven. we're going to wrap up now. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you. You all have a very happy and healthy week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. Thanks again for listening.